So what we'll do is go philosophical today so as not to miss any of the facts because of noise if you want to talk about something else. But I'm going to ask you a question. And again, I profusely apologize for the noise. I can't do anything about it. I went out and talked. I pleaded. I laid my case out. And uh, the response is, we have a deadline. You've got to work through it. And we try to the best of our ability not to make noise. Well, you hear the result. So, call 888-874-4888 to let's get started with this question. Oh, this is just so wrong. It's just so wrong. I, I think you remember me telling you, I was joking, but I really wasn't, that if there's any noise to be made, it's always at my unit, right under my window. No matter what it is, they leave everywhere and come right under my window and crank it up. Okay. So here's the question. What is life teaching you now that you hadn't learned before? What is life teaching you now that you hadn't learned before, you hadn't yet learned? 888-874-4888. Again, we're doing this as soldiers. We're muddling through. There's noise, and there will continue to be noises, a major reconstruction project here. And, of course, as is usual, it seems it took a decision. Hey, we're going to be making noise. Where should we start? Oh, sure. Let's start under Utrecht's window. There you go. There you go. But what is life teaching you now that you hadn't learned before? That's a very deep question. Very simple. It sounds very simple, but it isn't. It is meant to get you to kind of go through the channels in your head and to figure out what is it that you know now? Did you always know it? What happened that brought this to your attention that life, just life, you didn't have to go to the university for it. Life is teaching you something now that you hadn't yet learned or you hadn't learned before. 888-874-4888. That's going to be our question of the day. And uh, hopefully, I hear a lull in the noise. Hopefully, that's for the rest of the program. We don't know. Uh, because it is, after all, noise. 
and when there is noise to be made, everybody knows it starts right under you, Teresa's window. <laughs> I, I can't win. You know, you just can't win. All right. Have you thought about the question? Do you have an answer? What is life teaching you now that you hadn't yet learned? Are you even, are you even aware of it? Have you ever thought about it? 888-874-4888. Let's take advantage of the quiet that we might be enjoying. I don't want to be too certain about it, but for the moment, they have stopped. And that's the question. What is life teaching you now? that you hadn't learned before. And it, it's a revelation to you that you're now learning this about yourself or about the world around you. What is life teaching you? Have you ever thought about that? I think about that every day. What is it that I'm learning now that I had not learned before or that I'm being tested on in so many different ways? How come it never came to my attention before? Going from New York, you're on the air. You start us off today. Um. I said I have said it on the radio before, but I'm you know I'm going to just say it again that uh, this these last two years have taught me a lot um, about um, well actually broken open my belief system things I really did think I knew about I I didn't know about and um, I have learned that um, because of COVID I got a, a, a lesson in humility I I, I got um, I got people that I thought were always, um, you know, on the same side as I am, not on my side. And I also learned that there shouldn't really be sides, that, um, you know, we do have our differences, that's for sure. And, and, and I'll, you know, I'll always try to turn that boat around if somebody is um, a racist. But... <clears throat> We also should take time to listen to each other. There's been a lot of information that's been given out uh, regarding COVID. And um, we have come down on uh, two polarizing sides saying that, you know, one is right and one is wrong and, 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 and nothing, no, no real conversation in the middle about, you know, what's really happening and what, what are we putting into our bodies when we take this shot? Is it safe? We're not having a logical conversation. We're having a political conversation where politics has no place. It has no place to me in your health. Um, so I, I have been really, really surprised, really surprised at people that um, uh, call themselves progressive, people that call themselves liberal, and how easily they uh, capitulated to um, the government saying, you, you need to you know, put your arm out and take this shot. doesn't matter what's in it. We know what's best. And I was really surprised because, I mean, I know people that have been, have gone against everything and have uh, been huge, um, hugely uh, uh, 
resistant to to what the government wants. And they, they even have radio shows about, you know, how terrible the government is and how corrupt it is. And, and I was so surprised that, you know, not only had they taken the shot, but um, we when we would go out together, they, they felt uncomfortable around me. And when I would send the information that I had over, uh, they didn't want to read the information that I had. Even though you know I was I was getting uh, you know information from doctors, so now my politics feels very scrambled. It feels really weird, um, and I don't think um, that anybody knows everything. And I don't think that it's a good idea to polarize yourself by saying you know all all of all of this party or this way and all of that party or the other way. I think that we have more in common than we do uh, not in common, and that um, maybe the best thing to do is to lay low before you make a decision to open your mouth and, and speak out about something. Um, one of the things that I found helpful is the, uh, the pause. Take a pause. So before you decide to just jump in and, you know, shoot your mouth off, Think about it for a while, and also think about how you're saying what you want to say, because I think that um, people will uh, respond much better when we are more careful about how we approach um, what we want to say and what our beliefs are. We don't have to always lash out. We don't always have to, you know, uh, start by calling the other guy a name. Just have to. We, I also think that I've learned to accept people um, for what they are more uh, than uh, work on trying to change them. You know, my mom is 96 years old. The chances of my mother changing, uh, I think, at this point, are pretty much zero. Um, so, you know, my mother uh, is a good woman and had a lot of flaws uh, too. And something else I learned. I learned. Uh, <laughs> I have a bunch of kittens, and I learned something that if it's this hard to raise these kittens, what, what what must it have been like to try to raise five children, five different personalities, five people that came to the table with to do that? So I I've learned to be um, more empathetic. I think uh, one of they, they do blame their parents for everything, and yeah, parents deserve to get some blame every once in a while. But um, maybe we should also try to put ourselves in their shoes, knowing that parenting is really, um, it's hard. You jump in with two feet. You have no idea how to do it until it's time to do it. And I think many people really try to do the best they can. And we're all... Well, well thank you for getting us started today in a very contemplative, you, uh, contemplative mode. Let's see what impact it has on others. Thank you for calling in. Jackie from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Well, I did ask at eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. Sorry, go ahead. Good afternoon to you and the listening family. I just good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. I just heard Gwen. I agree about eighty percent of what she's saying, um, but I think it's bigger than just COVID. COVID sort of exasperated everything. Um, but what it has done, the quarantine, the virus, the pros and cons against the vaccination, it has caused a severe uh, schism in people's lives among family members as well as friendships. Um, but I think it's something a little bit deeper than that. And uh, I find myself um, listening to the wisdom of my parents who have since 
uh, going to heaven, but a lot of wisdom that they imparted. Uh, I see how it's, it's uh, applied today. That's one thing I agree with Gwen about. But the other issue is that um, I find a deep sense of anger and despair in certain issues. Um, a lot of people died. I feel angry about that. Uh, I'm I'm very annoyed with the, the refusal for people to think critically and do investigations and try to find out the facts before they just hop on these propaganda items that are flying through the air. Um, there's a lot of things that I reflect on as I'm a senior now, and I have to uh, rely or try to obtain, you know, health care services, and I find myself getting more and more angry about that after you've worked all your life and then you go to apply for things and, like, for example, I have a medication that every time I go to refill it every three months, the price gets higher and higher. So anyhow, um, I'm sure other people feel the same way. The whole issue of housing, and especially here in New York City, uh, the issue of how the, migrate, the migrants are being used as a political pawn. Uh, one of my friends had a long discussion with me about um, she believes the migrants are going to be like the new uh, lower, lower income workers to displace people who are unionized or people that uh, demand a higher salary. And we already see that in certain um, industries, like the migrants have been offered jobs working in the bodegas and different places. I have nothing against the migrants. I have a problem with the fact that there's 104,000 homeless children in the city of New York that practically got no education for the last two years and all kinds of monies are being pulled out to, you know, provide services to other people and the people who are already here who are homeless and need services. There's not an equal distribution of um, care and services. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, and the people are still... Uh, looking at television and email and <laughs> TikToking. Um, I disagree with Marcus about this whole theory of fear, that fear controls uh, people making decisions. Uh, and some, and some on a, maybe a, a different kind of level, but I don't think it's just fear. I think learn ignorance, um, and maybe it's fear to stand up to, um, I don't know, but I know I'm rambling. Beatrice, <laughs> you can stop me. I know I'm rambling. But it's so no, much. I'm going to ask you a question, so go ahead. I'm okay. listening. <laughs> okay, I know this is sort of like a stream of consciousness here. But one of the things uh, at my age, I'm over 70, I am profoundly disappointed in um, what I thought life was going to be like in my senior years. And I find myself uh, annoyed and frustrated. Um, I feel very, uh, people are just shockingly ignorant when it comes to whole political issues and lack of investigation. I, I don't understand how they, they don't seem to understand how the structure of government, how laws are made, uh, you know, anybody can come along with any kind of political theme, whether it's a lie, and run with it. Uh, I heard a minister say this Sunday, a half-truth is still a lie. And that's a very clever way of describing it because that's what propaganda does. It takes part of the truth and then manip manipulates it, and then you come to a false conclusion. 
So, uh, and that's what's going on. And I, what I can't understand, if uh, these people can go and attack Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi's husband in their home, it doesn't appear that they had any kind of security. So what what does that say to people like us who want to challenge and speak out? What kind of security are we going to expect? None from the um, you know the government or law enforcement. And this whole thing of how um, the questioning of the police budget has been uh, usurped into defund the police, which never happened, and now it's increased police budgets and fewer police presence. So the people need to look but at But why, why do I why do I get the feeling that much of what you've said today you have encountered before, you have questioned before? I have questioned it over the years, but I think because I'm older and I feel I feel the inequities are more intense now. And I, maybe because of my age and my life and the wisdom and training, I'm even more adept at seeing the inequities. But I've always questioned the inequities. But I think my disappointment lies in that I had an expectation that people, people, the masses, was going to really do something to change all that. So maybe that's why I feel the way I feel now. I don't know. I can't explain why I feel the way I feel. I'm just telling you how I feel. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh, that's that's the question. You're answering the question, actually. Head on. Um, You're answering the question. Well, I and it's good to hear it because did you are you listening to yourself as you answer the question? Oh, I listen to myself. I try hard to uh, exercise more. I mean, are you listening to the fact that you are very, very much aware of what it is on your mind? Nobody has to tell you what's on my mind. What's on your mind? I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated and disappointed because uh, Mm. of the lack of uh, response from from the people to the problems. And I feel um, like I'm singularly without, I mean, not singularly, but I'm in the minority of group of people. I'm not talking about racial minority. I'm talking about awareness, uh, who are aware that these things are even going on. That's the, that's the problem that I see with all of this. You know, I mean, people talk about the, uh, um, the elections, the midterm elections are here upon us. And to actually have a person as ignorant and un and unethical as a Herschel Walker to be considered an actual candidate for you know United States Senate seat is like um, confounding to me. It's not even so much whether you're Republican or Democrat, but I mean it's just an insult to the people of Georgia. And, and an insult to the people of America, and it's an insult to African-American community to actually post this man. That's just one example of, uh, you know, as a viable candidate. The same thing. Well, you, you, you told us a lot today about what you are learning, what life is teaching you, that you, well, I suspect you had learned much of it before, uh, but it is still 
fresh and new in your mind because it's occurring again. Where do you put all this? Well, that's a big problem. I try to, <laughs> I try to pray, I try to journal, I try to stay calm. Because my neighbor just told me something that, you know, just told me they allegedly are coming into our apartments to check the radiators. And she's telling me they're putting some kind of devices on the radiators, but they put a device over her door and over her light switch. So I said, what kind of device? Oh, I don't know. They just put it up there. Why would you need a device over your door? Other than the landlord's monitoring what's going on in your apartment. This is crazy. I mean, you don't have to be a PhD, a lawyer, whatever. This is just common sense. You have a right to expect privacy in your own apartment where you pay rent. Right? So if the man right. can come and put a device in your apartment and you don't question that? Well, you got us started. And, and in some cases, even restarted. As you told us what life is teaching you now. And in some cases, you're relearning what you had learned before. And you're also relearning that you have to change something to deal with what you learn now and how you think. You have to change what, I mean, every day they report in the news about the various violence on the trains and the homeless people, but nobody reports any money being uh, designated in the budget for mental health services and changing the homeless situation. Nobody talks about that. They just talk about the aftermath of the violence of somebody who's so mentally ill, they just lash out. So, I mean, it's just, okay, listen, I want to say one more thing, and I'm going to let somebody else get in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. False evidence appearing real. I want people to remember that. False evidence appearing real equals fear. And the issue is, how do you determine what is the evidence? Individually and collectively. All right. Well, thank you. It's been a great conversation. Great instruction, too. And you can send me your therapy bill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll I'll beat you to it. (laughs) I I have a need to get some therapy in a hurry. Thank you, Jackie, for calling in today. Brother David from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Noon, I'm going to try to get as laser as I can. And I like the question, and I think it's important, and I'm going to give my opinion. I think uh, that one should, what I have learned is that no matter how well family members have been treated, uh, educated, and helped in many different ways, no matter how children have been uh, benefited from being in a family, this is very hard. It does not mean when the time comes, and I'm someone approaching uh, quite a few years, that those people 
who have been treated very, very well will reciprocate and do the same thing when you need it. So what I'm saying, you cannot trust as an elder person the judgment of your children necessarily who have been treated very well economically, educationally, and whatnot to make the right decision that has to do with you. So don't assume that your children or other close relatives will do the same good thing for you as you did for them. Hmm. That's very, very heavy. Very. You would well, so how do you how do you navigate day to day? Well, knowing uh, that you can't count on the kind of help you gave all your life, you can't. Well, depend you see the, uh, the situation that you can get yourself into is that these people who you have helped the most will betray you. You think that is automatic that, for example, children who have been benefited very, very much by what you did for them are going to reciprocate and benefit, benefit you when you need the help. And they might even... Uh, uh, betray you in some respects. So that is a fantastic lesson that everybody should take into consideration that you cannot guarantee uh, that your offspring, for example, will do the right thing when it comes to the time when you need that help before your demise. So everybody should keep that in mind and be very careful before you designate certain things to children, for example. Mm-hmm. How does that register with you, this consciousness now, you reaching, I think you mentioned the big nine O. Yes. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm getting there. It's a short few months, yes. Yeah. And I'm wondering, how do you, do you see yourself, therefore, as just living, but differently, more intelligently, more conscientiously, yes. or you do? Okay. Well, the situation that a person like me or other people is to actually believe that, uh, assume that children uh, will make good decisions when it comes to your uh, situation, your your age and your uh, uh, setting. So... 
you cannot assume that. So what I'm telling uh, is uh, trying to get across that people, when they get to that stage, do not just assume that your children are going to do the right thing. You have to maintain some control and uh, we might say don't trust the judgment of your children. So that is a very important lesson, especially for someone who is getting older. So I'm passing that information along. You don't know what people are going to do, even though you have been very generous with them and they have benefited far beyond what most people uh, uh, have had uh, benefiting them. So uh, don't assume uh, that they're going to do the same for you. And as you get older and you're going to need help, uh, that is something definitely consider. So um, we ought to think about that. There are children who, uh, when you get older, they will be very happy to deposit you into a, a nursing home, uh, that is, say, like a prison. Uh, there are people who will put you aside, and even though you've been very good to them, uh, they will forget about you, and they can be blood relatives. So people ought to think about what I'm saying. I think so. I think so indeed. Thank you very much for calling in and contributing that and impressing that as deeply as you can in our minds. May we understand it and may we, may we obey it. Thank you very Amen. much. Amen. <laughs> we'll take this break and come right back to your answer to the big question right after this. to lead stories on prm.fm we're asking a question today what is life teaching you now that you hadn't learned before what is life teaching you now that you hadn't learned before we're getting some profound information today and I'm hoping that it encourages you to do your own inventory. 888-874-4888 is the number to call. 888-874-4888. Uh, we've gotten some very insightful responses today so far. Again, the question is, 
It sounds simple, but it isn't. It really isn't. And I know that. What is life teaching you now? Life. What is life teaching you now that you hadn't learned before? And of course, you tell us what, what you're doing with the revelations, that information, what is happening with it, what use are you making of it as you acquire these insights and revelations about your life. There is no big book, really. We all go one day at a time, if we're lucky, and we contemplate what is going on with us. And as we contemplate that, we also think about, well, what's going on with other people? And what's that relationship producing in us? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it indifferent? Is it something that we had not stopped to think about before? And now that we are receiving it, what are we doing with it? How are you interpreting it? How do you choose to receive it? And then what do you do with it? Do you have any answers? Do you have any suggestions? Give us a call at 888-874-4888. Quite a few people are growing older who have called in today. But you don't have to wait until your, your sunset years to ask yourself the question, what am I learning? What is life trying to tell me? And what do I do with it? Edna from New York, you're on the air. Hi, you trees. Um, Hello, how are you? I'm great, thank you, thank you. Um, and thank you for being here. Uh, two two things. Uh, over the years, I would say within the last 15 years, Life has taught me to, to learn how to say no. And that second item is to value money. I, you know, when I was growing up, younger, coming out of North Carolina, I didn't know, I didn't know how to value money. I didn't know how to save and those types of things. But now my whole, um, my whole concept is just, you know what? I just want to log into my account and see how much money I got. And it's, it, it's not a lot, but it's my money, and I'm saving it. And that's what life has taught me over the years. Why do you think life has taught you these things? I never learned it before. I mean, I was around uh, individuals who I loved that, you know, as soon as they got that dollar, it was like, oh, let's go buy this, let's go buy that. And that's not who I am now. So, you know, I mean, I'll go to the thrift thrift store and get my stuff, and uh, I don't need Louie and Gucci and all of that. Um, You know, I'd rather log into my account and look at my dollars. Oh, yes, indeed. It sure looks really nice when it's full. (laughs) Uh, Yep, Mm -hmm. sure does. But with the saying no, uh, when I was younger, um, first coming to New York, I would just do everything for anyone. And yes, yeah, sure, of course. But now I'm at the point, no, 
you know, my time is my time, and uh, that's real important for me uh, at, at my age. Some people say, well, as you got older, you got more and more selfish, more and more self-centered. Is that a fair thing to say? Well, that's their opinion, but it's this is about me. This is my life, and, you know, if I feel like I don't want to do certain things, I'm not going to do it. You know, I work a lot. I'm very busy, so, you know, my time is my time, uh, and my money is my money. And, uh, you know, because you have a lot of family, I, I go back to David, what he said, family members will come and ask and ask, and long as you're giving and giving, they'll keep asking with no intentions of paying back. So now I'm at the point where, nope, don't have it, sorry. Or we put it in writing, when, when are you going to pay me back? Um, I'm sending you a memo right now. <laughs> so I have to share this with you. Listening to you, I have the biggest smile on my face. You have arrived at a, a state in your life where you know exactly who you are, what you will put up with, what you will not put up with, who you will trust, who you don't trust. And you're fine with it. Good for you. I'm good. I mean, it took me 65 years, your trees, but I'm there. Hey! Um, and, and, and I'm happy, you know. Um, Great! That's no wonderful. <laughs> that you, that you, you have gone through, you say you've gone through the ritual of self-examination. And you're okay, better than okay with yourself, just the way you are. Yeah. And you know what you are doing you're conscious of the decisions that you're making and you're in charge of yourself. Yeah, and I like you can't ask for better than that. Thank you, Trees. All right, let's give someone else I'm a moment. So happy to hear you say these things today because well, we're of an age, I say we I'm sixty nine and uh, you know it took a while. Sometimes in making a decision, you say, well, I'm going to look a little, I'm going to look a little nasty coming to this decision uh, to the person. I'm going to look a little bit, you know, miserly or whatever. And and then I reach a point where I don't care about that. Yep. 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 Yeah, I've reached the point of being okay. I'm okay with myself. I, I'm i not harming anybody. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm not trying to gouge anybody out of what they have. I'm very stable mentally about the decisions I'm making at this time in my life. And you know what I call that? It's called, it's called taking care of self. And, and that's okay. so important for me at this point in my life. You treat I love well, you so much. I am I'm happy to be in your club. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Have a good afternoon. Thanks for calling and for sharing. Right. Thank you. Positive from Brooklyn. You're on the air. Hello, Latrice, and to the family of uh, um uh first Latrice, I'd like to say that um in here and uh brother David to I'm basically a baby to him. 
though I'm not, you know, basically 60 and, uh, and I can still run a couple of miles and do exercises and things of that nature. And may have a few, I uh, do have a few grandchildren as well as uh, children of my own. Um, that's how I got my grandchildren, of course. And I also have uh, a 10 year old and a 7 year old. So I mean, again, uh, I would like to say that um, I could be wrong about this. But in hearing him and in seeing your response, I feel the spirit of, like, it's like somebody telling you of a story or some, something tragic that happened to a person, and they cry. And by you hearing that story and their, their expression to that story, you yourself uh, feel a song and have not cried. And I, I wish the best uh, blessing for Brother David. And I feel that from you and hearing his story. So it really touched me. And you're listening to him, let alone him telling the story. So I'd like to wish all the best for the brother, the best message for him all around. And um, back to your question, uh, life has taught me at this state is that, uh, you know, when I was coming up, when I was young, a young boy in school, just coming out of uh, junior high school, I got in. I was. Uh, I got into, uh, you know, being a vegetarian and, and you know, vegan and so on and so more. Uh, I've always been to study of books, study a lot of books, especially the Bible. I used to collect old Bibles from wherever they came from. You know, there was a. I grew up in Albany, New York, early on, and there was a bookstore. That they had a secondhand bookstore that a guy had there on Fourth I can't think of the name of it. He was an elderly guy at the time. And he was just passed away. His son took it over after him. And I guess, you know, we way before COVID. We, decade or more before COVID uh, came about. And it was that cooling down. Uh, but anyway, I collect, you know, different, all types of Bibles from. With, uh, into my. You know, vegetarianism, like study yoga and uh, Hinduism, all kinds of different uh, philosophies and so on and so forth. And as of late, I've come into the conclusion uh, that it's not so much about how long a person lives. It is more important that you become aware of who you are. And age doesn't guarantee that. You can live 100 years and not be aware of who you are. 200 years and not really be aware of who you are. And a person can live a quarter of that time, 25 years, and know who they are and their perspective with the one or the creator or whatever you may call it. Uh-huh. So I say that to say that most of most people value, uh, not saying that you shouldn't value life, but we value the time and we want to like to be here a, a long time, 200, 300 years. But sometimes often the great people, the great minds, people that become aware of themselves are only here 60 years, 50 years, you know. And some of us look, at them, look upon them as a loss because, they only were only here for, you know, 50 years, 30 years, or whatever you have it there. 
and they don't realize that's not the value. The value, as it teaches in most books, is to become aware of yourself. When I say self, I don't just mean self as in the person that you always identify with, but I mean your real self, the true self, that, that you see in the background of that self or of that person or of the garment that you wear daily. So uh, that is my main, uh, one of my main uh, achievements that I have. That, when you yeah, say uh, achievement, when you say achievement, that word, I want to ask you, I, I was this a conscious, like conscious thing that you put yourself through, or was it something it that is. was continually evolving in you? That's why I say, I say, I say that lightly, correctly, because... It's an ongoing thing, so I haven't arrived. I'm arriving. You know, I used to use the term back when people used to say, uh, at least 40 years ago, people used to say, someone is, uh, I'm a grown-up now. I used to say, look, I'm saying you're a grown-up. Say you're growing because you, you sound absolute. Like, this is it. So I can smoke. So I can do this. So I can do that. You know? So I say that loosely. Okay, but I'm, I'm saying, were you conscious at the time that you were experiencing this growth? Were you conscious of it? Yes. That's why I said awareness. Meaning that yes, become, you know, to know, you know. And it's, it's more so, uh, to be really deep into it, it's something that really has to be experienced. My standpoint is that knowledge can be taught, it can be proven, but true wisdom, as it says in, in, the, in the Bible, has to be experienced. It is something that uh, you are, it, that's like, you are, it's, it's, it's something that is inspired. It doesn't necessarily have to stand the scrutiny of science. But yet it is. So, yes, it's consciousness. Definitely consciousness, from its conscious standpoint, standpoint rather. The you that you are today, how do you compare this you with you, say, 20 years ago? Well, the you that I, I am today uh, is more aligning with the, the father or the creator himself. It is like Jesus saying, the Father, I and the Father are one. And I am of a belief that we are all one. Yet experiencing different parts in our oneness. But ultimately we are all we are all of the one. And that one is like having a dream. And we are all uh, manifestation of that dream or experiences of that dream that he is having or that we are having. So when I look at the Bible, I don't look at the Bible as a in a circular, secular sense, uh, standpoint, as most are taught. I look at it from a psychological standpoint. And when I read about the disciples and their experience, I'm reading about different states of my own mind. 
but that's what I mean when I say awareness. And when I see another mm-hmm. person, I don't necessarily see somebody other than myself. I see myself pushed out because of that awareness. And because of that, I can react to those states or to myself more effectively than I would if I saw that other and we separate from that. Well, I'm going to have to leave it there for the moment. Our friends, the noisemakers, are back. They probably were <laughs> on a break. <laughs> but I heard them cranking up their motors and doing whatever, cutting and drilling and whatever else they're doing right outside my window. Because yeah, my, you know, if you want to make noise in this entire compound, you come under my window. That's the law. Sorry to hear that. I can relate to that because I am also a carpenter. I'm a junior carpenter myself, so I can relate to what they're doing. And I knew they were probably on break. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, you know, they have to do it. They have to, they're, they're not doing this to irritate people, of course. They're doing this because it has to be done. They have to do a job of getting the place looking better and so forth. So, but it's just, it freaks me out. Anything that makes a lot of noise starts right under my window. <laughs> it's a law. <laughs> Thank you for calling in and sharing with us today. Thank you all. Thank you, Thank you all for calling in and sharing your deepest thoughts today as freely as you have and as liberally as you have. Because you, 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 you conducted class today. And I certainly was one of the alert students sitting there listening to you instruct. And this is one of the things I love most about the program, that we meet each other at that level. And there's no pretense and we're not trying to show off or anything but we're just simply trying to share information that might be very useful to folks out there listening and to ourselves as well. I bet you there are some people who called in today who were surprised that they were so open, but that's the nature of the, the thing. It, it compels you to share yourself. I thank you greatly for uh, being so trusting and being so cooperative and so generous with yourself. I thank you very much for that. I honor that and I'm grateful for that. Let's meet again tomorrow and do some more talking. Bye-bye.